Welcome to the Airborne Youth Podcast. Today you'll be hearing a message from a guest speaker. Alright guys, so I actually just got back from a place called Kona, Hawaii. Yeah, I know. You guys are like, I haven't been there, but it sounds great. It was super amazing. I went for a two-week intensive school called the 21 Project run by circuit riders. Raise your hand if you know what circuit riders are. Kind. You're like, eh, maybe. So it was at YWAM. It was amazing. Um, pro tip on Kona, it's warm. I knew it was going to be warm, but bring like 40 shirts for a day because you literally wake up for breakfast. I would skip the workout. They would do a workout. I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm already sweating enough. It's humid. I know. I like went through a shirt a day like every hour, like I would just stand during worship. I'm like, that was nice. And I was wearing gray and it looked like something was just bleeding over me. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. But I want to share a little bit of testimony of what happened there because we had about, geez, kids from not exactly your age. I'd say I'm 19. So it was like 18. And I think the oldest kid there was 28. So there was, there was like a good range of just people who really wanted to go after Jesus and first, uh, Monday night, I get there, we have this big opening ceremony, this big worship night, and it's going amazing, and I see this girl next to me, and she's standing up like this, like, the whole time. You know when, like, you can tell when people are standing straight, you ever seen that person that has too good a posture? Like, you know those people who are like, like, I go to a chiropractor. <laughs> You're like, I get it. So she was standing like that, and I was like, oh, she must just be one of those people. And I see, I see all these people surround her, and I'm trying to have my time with God. And then out of nowhere, this big Samoan guy gets in my face and goes, I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? And he's like, look. And she's like bending over. And I was like, well, yeah, I thought she had good pastor, pastor posture. She literally had a disc in her back that she couldn't go down. She was a college athlete that hadn't swam for a year. And that night, God, one moment, she bent over. She started twirling. It was amazing. Another testimony is, I, was, I normally connect with the athletes. I normally are, am friends with the athletes. I had nine dudes in my room. We all were on bunk beds, and there were only two ceiling fans. So if you know what a boy's locker room smells like, multiply that by 30, throw some Axe spray in there, and then you're good. It was really bad. But one of my friends, Andrew, he was debating the first day. There's this verse in the Bible that says, uh, uh, John the Baptist says, uh, uh, Jesus said, I will baptize you by water, but then one who is greater than I will baptize you by the Spirit, right? And they were debating because they come from these different backgrounds, which is so amazing. And he was like, I don't know if the Holy, like, I have the Holy Spirit because I was baptized by water. And I was like, yes, but there's also another realm to that of being baptized by the Spirit. And he was like, I just don't think it's real, man. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And then the one day, uh, Chase Conan, anybody know Lindy? Lindy Conan, she does a bunch of worship, you know her? Yeah, her husband was preaching. I was like, let's go after the Holy Spirit. And I was like, yes, because we, we know about that. And he was like, he gets hit. He starts crying, feels the presence of God immensely. And it was so funny because he starts, I see him walking to the cafeteria afterwards. You can tell he's like, not, doesn't know what's going on. He walks in. He goes, whoa. I'm like, you're hungry? He was like, dude. He just started walking up to people like this. He was like, what? And I was like, what is he, like, what's going on? For 30 minutes, that's what he did. He would be in line with someone and just be like staring at them, making them uncomfortable. He was just smiling. He was like, <laughs> and everyone was like, I was like, I'm not with him. He's not in my room. He was like, Ethan. And I was like, I don't know you. You know what I mean? And for 30 minutes afterwards, I was like, dude, what happened? What did you see? And he said, I thought the Holy Spirit wasn't real. 
But I've been so judgmental in my life, and every time I looked at someone, I would see the bad in them. I would see the faults, whether it would be acne, whether it would be, I don't like the way they dress, I don't like the way they look. And he said, for 30 minutes, I could not see a bad fault in anybody, and I kept calling every single person beautiful, and I couldn't stop. And he was like, I'm a football player. I don't say beautiful. (laughs) But he kept walking around like, everyone is so beautiful. And that kid got rocked and preached at the end of the week in front of 400 people. Because of a single moment of saying, I'm going to put what I think my identity is to the side for a Jesus encounter, okay? So that's what I want to touch on tonight. Y'all are like, whoa, that happened. If you want any more cool stories, um, I preached to uh, a guy who was, uh, I thought I was going to get shot. So that's a fun story if you want to hear that. Um, So I want to touch on that tonight. And one of the big things that I learned going into 21 and coming out of it that I really want to impart to you tonight, which I think there is such a thing as impartation that I think a lot of what, like, I'm so amped up about right now is there were 300 kids going after Jesus, and we would worship for so long that we would be late to class, and people would just not care. Like, the whole day was like, let's worship. What's next? I don't know. We'll figure that out when we get there. And I think we're going into such a time in America where, like, if you were in pre-service prayer, like, my heart is still beating a 1,000 beats per minute. Because it's like, guys, something's happening, and I think tonight, at the end, I'm going to do a little bit of a call-out and a call-up. So think about that. If your heart starts to beat really quick during this, maybe you feel something in your hands. Maybe you feel this feeling, this peace, maybe a little bit of tingliness going on. Hold on to that. That's not something bad. Push into that. Look for that. So what I want to talk about tonight that I think is the one thing that is really going to take away, that has taken away from my life and seeing God move more than he could is being offended. All right? So raise your hand if you've been offended today. Y'all are like, yeah. Yeah. All right, wait, wait, wait. First of all, we got to pause everything. My beautiful, wonderful mother is right in the back. Can we all just wave and give her a round of applause? Because for, like, quick brag on my mom, I would leave for high school, and she would literally go to my room and pray over it while I was gone, and I had no idea, you sneaky son of a gun. You did it. You got me. Mothers who pray, like, I can't, like, hell's got nothing on me because I got a mama that prays for me. Amen. So, I want to talk tonight, how do you establish a culture of an undefendable heart in your life? Now, I think one of the things we love to do, that I love to do, is I would be offended, and then I would make excuses for why I felt okay. I would be offended by someone, and I'd be like, oh, it's fine, because they probably deserved it. And that doesn't really matter. And we, as we look in the Bible, you can see that. And it, oh, this is so good. I've been going into the Word, and it's just come so alive to me. I'm like, it is convicting me so much. I need to change the way I walk and the way I move. I can't talk to people anymore. It's amazing. So, it says, in Job, it says, how, uh, yeah, here it is. I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you, but if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. So that's the thing. If you want to see the Holy Spirit move in your life, and the definition of an unoffendable heart is serving. That's what it has to be. You have to go into a situation saying, I'm going to put this person higher than me. If you hate them, put them so up high, walk into the room, be like, you are the best person I've ever met. You are amazing. Because that feeds so much more than going into a room knowing that you hate them and expressing hate. What does that do? That makes both people hate each other even more and we both sink deeper into depression. That's not how Jesus lived. That's not how he walked, and I'll get to that later. So I love that. I love that it says if I could, I could say the same things to you if you were in my place. We've all been through that. I've been through, I've looked at people who are on stage and I felt entitled. That's the other thing I want to hit. We can all feel entitled. I, honestly, I'll be vulnerable. I've listened to young preachers before and I'm like, okay, 
I probably could have done that better. I'm like, I'm like, I walk into a church the first time. I went to this place in Lancaster, and I walked in. And I was like, see how worship's going to be. Like, I, I got some pretty good worship with Justin Lab. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> and I walk around with this entitled sense of, oh, I'm entitled to my opinion. It's America. I can have free speech, right? <laughs> I can have free, like, I'm entitled to have that. Actually, thank you. You're not. And here's just a few entitlements that I want to go through that I commonly see myself messing up on, probably never you guys, but just me. The first entitlement is time. I recently realized this because I went to an airport. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, sir, uh, your, uh, your flight's been delayed 15 minutes. What? What do you mean 15 minutes? I'm like, Ethan, you just got back from church camp. I'm like, God bless, man. <laughs> I'm like, they really saw the Jesus in me when I freaked out and yelled at him. Another thing I get entitled to is my money. How many of you try to tithe on a constant basis? Okay, that should probably be, you know. Um, but how many of you have tithed when it's really, really hard? When your money is something that is like, this is going to be tough. Maybe I should just, I'm entitled. I worked hard for this. Think about it. You don't have to say anything, but I want this to stir in your hearts about, well, am I being entitled to that? Ooh, entitled to comforts. You are not entitled to air conditioning. You are not entitled to a nice car. Tom, you're not entitled to air conditioning. You are not entitled to all of these things. What I'm saying is your whole if your whole attitude changes on not having air conditioning or not having the shoes you want or the clothes you want, is Jesus really shining through your life or is Jesus only shining through your life when you feel comfortable? Like, just think about it. Oh, this, oh. I hate this one. Entitlement to reward. If you do something and don't get recognized, how do you feel? Yeah. Let that speak for yourself. I'm entitled to my emotions. I'm allowed to let my emotions take the driver's seat and actually decide where I go rather than having a rational conversation with Jesus. Just saying. I'm entitled to... Oh, energy and stamina. I don't, you please show me a Bible verse where it says, I'm tired, I don't have to obey the way I would if I had full energy. Honestly, I've done that so many times. I did night watch over here, and I would have to pray like 11 at night. And I skipped a few nights because I was like, I'm tired. And I feel so convicted about those nights because I'm like, what if that was that encounter I was waiting for? What if it's like, so what I'm asking is just let that conviction rise in your heart of like, if I just push a little bit further, I bet God's going to reward me. One more thing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't uh, just want guys. This one is like so crazy to me. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to say it. All right. What am I entitled to? I am entitled to selective obedience. How many of you have done something where someone's like, you know what's going on, and then you just kind of play dumb, and you're like, I don't know, and then you get out of it? You know what I mean? Like, someone comes up to you, they're like, Kieran, uh, and you just, like, parked a car in the front lot. They're like, Kieran, somebody parked a car in the front lot. Do you know who did that? And you're like, I don't know. (laughs) You just walk away, and you, you won't get in trouble for it, but that's selective obedience because you already knew you're not entitled to that. That's actually disobeying. Travis has this great thing. If it's not obedience immediately, it's not obedience. So how do we, how do we get rid of these entitlements? Well, I found one, 
actually have three of my favorite stories actually just popping up. And one of them is Bartimaeus, my guy Barty. How many of you guys know this story? Barty. You're like, who's Barty? He's a rapper for Social Club? No. Barty is actually this man who was blind, okay? And Bartimaeus was blind, and how many know when you are blind, you cannot see? Raise your hand. Now you are listening to me speak. Thank you. Okay, so I want you all, Bartimaeus had a cloak. Can you all, like, do it, like, hide in a cloak real quick while I drink my water? You're like, what's a cloak? Oh, she did it. She got a hood. So I love this story for a few reasons. <laughs> this is amazing. So Jesus is walking with his disciples, and they walk by Bartimaeus. Oh, my gosh. It's so great. <laughs> and when he heard it was Jesus and Nazareth, he began to shout. This is Mark ten forty six. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. So this is pretty much what happened. Bartimaeus is here on the ground, and he's like, that's Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on me. And all the disciples are like, dude, shut up. Who are you? Like, <laughs> don't talk to him like that. Who, like, you're in a cloak. You're blind, dude. That's what they're doing to him. And then Jesus stopped and said, call him. And all the disciples are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Uh, and they said, so they called the blind man and said, cheer up on your feet. He is calling you. This is, oh my gosh. Bartimaeus goes, it says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. So a cloak actually at that time was what you identified as. So if you had a piece of clothing like a cloak, you were trying to hide something and it legitimately became your identity. So that cloak that he had on the ground was not just like something for fashion or the only piece of clothing he had. It was him. So when he gets up off the ground and he says, I'm done with this, he was throwing away his previous identity. Everything that he had was that cloak. It was his insecurity. It was every little bit of it gone. And you can see it in the next verse because it says, Jesus asks, oh my gosh. What do, you want to, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And in some translations it says, I want my sight. Which knew, which he's like, you don't say it my without knowing that it's yours. And what I feel like is like just a word for this generation and for right now, we have to throw off this cloak and say, I want my inheritance. Because that's what he said. The blind Bartimaeus said, I'm throwing this off. I don't want it anymore. Can I have my inheritance, please? And we're going to get to a little bit of that later. But I think the last part is, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Everybody, round of applause for Bartimaeus because he absolutely killed it. Now, this is like the other side of Bartimaeus, right? The, there's a story of the young rich ruler. Do you know this story? It's crazy. So there's this, thank you, that was good. There's this young rich ruler. And he has absolutely everything, absolutely everything. You want everything you need. And he said, he, he sees Jesus and he says, good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he says, why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said, teacher, I've done all these things. He's literally like morally been a very, very good person. He hasn't done any of those things. I'm not saying he's the best, but he hasn't committed any of these sins, and he's followed the Ten Commandments. And then Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. 
at this the man's face fell. He's, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Because he couldn't give it away. He had everything, but he, you can, this is just the epitome of you can work as hard as you want and be that star student, be whatever you want to be, but if you don't have the kingdom of God, if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it's going to be empty. You can stand up here and worship and lift your hands, but there can be no tears down your face because you feel nothing because you're trying to get God's love when you already have it, okay? So, the best part about this is Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed and were like, uh, how hard is it to get into the kingdom of God? And they were like, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Have you seen a camel? Have you seen the eye of a needle? Can we just put that into perspective for like, this is how hard it will genuinely be if you do not give up everything to enter into the kingdom of God. All right? This will make sense at the end, I promise. And the best part about this is then the disciples are like, okay, uh, I don't know if I've given up everything. Jesus, um, they say, uh, with this man is impossible, but not, oh, no, that's not what they say. Sorry, wrong verse. <laughs> they say, well, then who Jesus, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, not with God. All things are possible through God. And then Peter spoke up and was like, oh, shoot, I've left everything. And I think that's also the time that we're in is like we've given up stuff and we've given up everything, but we just have to realize the time and state that we're actually in. Guys, 300 kids in Kona, Hawaii don't come there and experience the Holy Spirit like they did for no reason because God just wanted to have a good time. We don't gather here to worship just because it's fun. We gather and we worship because we're not enough because we know we need Jesus, but we also know that we know people out there need Jesus, right? We need it. And I love that so much. Oh, you're going to love the ending of this. It's so good. Now, this last thing that really got to me while I was in that's gripping my heart. So first of all, what was the first story we told? Do you remember? First thing, first story out of the Bible. Bartimaeus, Barty. Barty, number one. Number two, the young rich ruler, right? So you remember what happens to both? This is the third one. This is out of 1 Samuel 13. It says, it talks about Saul and his son Jonathan. And pretty much they're about to go to war, right? There's a lot of war in the Bible. I don't know if you've read it. It's not necessarily G-rated. Um, but there's some fighting going on, and Jonathan takes his armor bearer to, do, to go and scout out some armies. And I, oh, I love this so much. And they go and they look at these armies, and they're bigger, they're badder. It's not a Gideon situation, but they're bigger and they're badder. And they got some work to do because it's just Jonathan and his armor bearer. Now, an armor bearer necessarily isn't, the he's not with the king of the land. He's not with, like, the strongest dude. He's not with David. He's with the armor bearer. It's kind of like, I'll take the ball boy with me to go, like, into the opponent's locker room and fight everybody. Eh, <laughs> you don't want to do that. And they go and they look at all these people and they look at all these different armies and, and they're just thinking, thinking about what could happen. How are we going to win? And I absolutely want this to be the quote of my life. If there's anything on my gravestone, please, Jesus, let it be this because it is so amazing. Oh, my goodness. So Jonathan's looking out, and he's like, Holy Spirit, God is going to be with us. And the little armor bearer is like, uh, shoot, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of stuff going on. I don't know about that. But I know one thing. I am with you, heart and soul. That's what he says. He says, I am with you, heart and soul. And you know what they do? 
it says, Jonathan takes on the first 20, and the armor bearer finishes him off. Literally, they walk through camps and they start to kill the enemy because of one simple commitment of I'm with you with my heart, I'm with you with my soul, I'm with you with everything I have. It's not mine. Let's do this because God's going to move. And if he doesn't, we are so screwed. That's what it takes. And I think tonight Jesus is rising this up in your heart. If, if you feel like you need something new, if you feel like you need something fresh, if you feel like something just is in your heart and you're wanting that more, I think... I want to do a call tonight, not yet, but I want to do a call tonight about the heart and soul. About Bartimaeus taking off the cloak. About the rich young ruler. Don't be him. Give up everything. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Well, I have been. I'm saying that like I'm starting off the message. Ethan, what are you doing? So, and one more thing why I think a lot of the times it gets a little hard is the story of the paralyzed man who was brought to where Jesus was in the house and they couldn't see him, right? And they have to go up to the house and they have to tear off the roof. Now, I think a lot of the times in this story, we like to think, oh, they just got up there and pop, roof went off, you know, <laughs> like, oh, just the roof fell off because Jesus divinely appointed that to be here. No, I think they knew, the friends of that paralyzed man knew that he was so close to a breakthrough, they had to fight. A roof is not something you just plop off. So what I'm saying is the closer you get to that breakthrough like they did, the harder you're going to have to fight. The more you're going to have to push right in in that point where you're like, I will take a roof off, I will go on top of this, look like an idiot, but if it means a breakthrough for me, for my friend, it's going to be worth it. Okay? Can I get an amen? Can we say it like we're in a Pentecostal church? Amen. Amen. Come on. Say it. Say it. Come on, Pastor. More, Lord. Use it. <laughs> Amen. So, that is, oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I believe that having that servant's heart, and I talked about the entitlements and being offended. If you can truly be with God, heart, and soul, you're not offended anymore. Because you step into situations where you're worshiping God and you're like, I'm with you heart and soul no matter what. So what's walking into a room with a person you don't like? That's nothing to you. You walk into a room and you're like, this is, I have to love on people? I'm worried about 400 people coming at the back from swords. Like, (laughs) I have to love you? That's easy. And I think even when we don't, believe or like we're not truly like a hundred percent like i don't know if god's gonna move i don't know if he's gonna do this when your heart and your soul are into something you're in it i don't know if you've ever played a game where you're like i don't know how this is gonna turn out but i'm literally just gonna run my butt off and fight as hard as i can and the end is gonna be the end and that's gonna be okay with me that's what this is it's heart and soul it's going forward and saying god i really don't know but i believe that you are good and i believe that you're gonna move and you take that step Take that step tonight. If there's been something that's bothering you, we had a testimony time at the end of 21 Project, and literally 240 kids lined up across the front. Anything you want. Ankle healed, gone. God was like that week. He was like, an ankle's nothing. And it's nothing. The healing part of that was amazing. I remember there was a kid that came up, and he he walked in, and he said, I'm going to say it. I'll say it. He walked in, and he was like, I walked into this camp thinking I was gay. 
but I'm leaving knowing that I'm loved and that I'm going to have a wife and beautiful children. And I was just brought to tears because there's something about identity when you realize that you were meant for something so much more for your heart and your soul. Everything in this generation will try to tell you, oh, just think about it or just live in the moment. God's saying no. When, you, when I surpass worship, you ever had that moment where you can't explain what's going on? You're like crying. You're like, why am I crying? <laughs> like, I don't even know what I'm doing. But something just hits your heart and it grips your heart so greatly. And then after that, you kind of walk a little straighter. You smile a little bigger. You're doing stuff a little better. That's the heart and the soul that the armor bearer was like, I know I'm not the best fighter. I know I'm not the best this. But God, I'm with you heart and soul. Jonathan, let's go get some people. I, I always like to imagine the armor bearer with the sword being as tall as he was. Because he's like, all right, oh my gosh. And he's just dropping people. One, two, three. And if we want to be part of something great like an awakening, like a revival, we can't have people just doing this in worship being like, well, you know, I, yeah. it would have been cool to see revival, but I'm kind of just, I feel entitled to my shame right now, so I'm just going to sit here and kind of bask in it. We can't have people entitled. You're not, the sin isn't yours. The entitlement to being offended, it's not yours. It's his. And guess what? He doesn't want to keep it thrown in the trash. We walk like a new person. So the thing is that I really just want to hit on tonight is I feel like there are people in the room. And there's, you feel like you can take another step. You feel like you can take a bigger step into that heart and soul. And throwing that cloak off, the only thing that does that, you can try to break off sin by doing a lot of things. But I really think the number one thing that breaks off sin is a Jesus encounter. And it Where's it in the Bible? Oh, I'm sorry. What about when Bartimaeus went up to Jesus? He had a Jesus encounter. But if tonight's the night, don't let Jesus walk by you and you sit here in your cloak, okay? Don't sit here in your cloak. And rep- Oh, my gosh. I'm so sick of this generation. And this is me, too, for so long. I didn't want to repent because I felt so shameful about it. I was like, if I repent, what will people think of me? I'm supposed to be a leader. I'm called to this. I'm called to this. If you openly repent, you're going to feel so much better. And that's just a firsthand testimony for me. So honestly, one more thing is I was so gripped today. I just, I really hit this. I was like just looking at statistics of the Bible because I've been really on this evangelistic kick of not debating with people, but showing them the true Bible because a lot of people are like, oh, there's 5,000 mistakes in the Bible. Well, if you actually look at that, the 5,000 mistakes are just whether it's a comma or an apostrophe. Whose God is real, your idol or my God? Sorry. But it says, anyone know the shortest verse in the Bible? He wept. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to do something special and be like, what does wept mean in the Greek or the Hebrew? So I looked it up. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. But he wept. Do you know the context of why he was weeping? It was when Lazarus died. Because I think it was either, don't quote me, the daughter or some relative of Lazarus was like, if you were here, you could have saved him. And Jesus wept. Because that's how badly he wants to save you, be with you, communicate with you. He will weep for you. He will fight for you. It's a point of him weeping. It's the most simple verse in the Bible. He wept for a friend that he could have had the chance for. Now we all know how that story goes. But know tonight that He's weeping. 
He's weeping when he's met you, when he, whether you've had an encounter or 40 encounters or no encounters. You don't even know the Jesus I'm talking about. He weeps because he so wants to be with you and he knows that he can take away everything. So tonight, just think about this. I'm going to say a few things and just see if anything rings in your heart, okay? So in the story of Bartimaeus, the cloak, it was his identity, it was his shame, it was his shame for being a beggar, it was his shame of who he was, it was the shame of his blindness that he kept holding on to. Just close your eyes and think about, is there a cloak in my life that I've been holding on to for too long, that I've been holding on to for too long, for too much, that I don't want to have? And imagine Jesus walking past you tonight and say, I need your help. Is it tonight where you get up and you go to him and you ask, I need my sight. I want my inheritance. And I'm going to throw this cloak behind so you know that I'm done with it and I'll never pick it up again. Another story. The armor bearer. Keep your eyes closed. The armor bearer. How much heart and soul do you have for Jesus? Because a revival and a reformation and awakening, whatever you want to call it, doesn't start with just people standing around lightheartedly praying light prayers. It's not the way it goes. Are you with it, heart and soul? Are you ready to go into battle? We don't need a generation that's ready to fight yesterday's battles. We're getting a big battle coming, but I'm so excited for it. We need that heart and soul. Are you ready to put your heart and your soul into it and say, God, it's scary. I don't know what I'm doing, but I need you more than I need to breathe. And finally, can you imagine him weeping? for you 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 nothing else he's looking at you weeping saying I want you I need you crying 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 if you all could just stand up real quick So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come, even though he's already here. Um, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just impact you guys in a new way. But also, I'm going to send leaders through to pray for people. But then at the end, I'm going to do a call. And if you really feel like you want to be done with something tonight, like you want to repent for something, or you want to be done with something, you want to throw that cloak away, or you just want to be that heart and soul and say, I'm running after this reformation. I don't care who's behind me. If you want that heart and soul, I'm going to ask you to come up, not now, but just for now, I just want you to stand, close your eyes, hold out your hands, and repeat after me, say, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come, invade my life, Holy Spirit, would you make me clean, God, I want to throw off my cloak, I'm done with my cycles of sin. And I'm with you. Heart and soul. All right, so now everyone take a little bit of a step back. Take a step back. Take a step back. So one more time, I just want to make this clear. I want to make this public. I do not want you to come up here if you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I think I have something. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No, if you can point out something in your life and you're like, this needs to go. I've been holding on to it for too long. You can be the most popular kid here. I could not even know your name and I'm here a lot. 
But there's no greater glory than going before your father and saying, I want to talk to you and I need help. Glory isn't being okay when you're hurting. Glory is saying, I'm not okay. God, come invade my life. I need you. So just close your eyes for a moment, and then I'm going to make the call, and I want you to walk up here, and we're going to have leaders pray for you. We're going to have leaders walk through and pray for you and just ask for the Holy Spirit to come and ask for the Holy Spirit to fall upon you. If you have anything specific that you say you just need breakthrough from, ask. Ask. There's such power in saying, I'm done with this. The devil has no hold on me. The more you keep it in the dark, the more it grows. So tonight, be done with it. Be done with offense. If you felt offended about something, ask for it to be gone. So just raise your hand and say, God, I'm not offended. (laughs) I'm not entitled to my shame. (laughs) I'm not entitled to my sin. Jesus, please show me anything that isn't me, that isn't you. All right, so God, just stay here for a moment. Close your eyes. And if you feel that tugging on your heart, you feel that thing that maybe you want that more heart and soul. Maybe you want that something more. You know there's something more, but you just haven't seemed to break through. You haven't seemed to get that hold on to that thing you want, that fullness you want. There's something more tonight. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit wants to impact you. I ask for you to come forward, and we're going to pray for you. If you really want it, don't come up here. And then you're saying yes to a lot of things if you come up here, like freedom joy, unspeakable joy. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, visit airborneyouth.com.